0: So with that in mind, uh, we're going to continue our God Stories series today, and I've uh, really been looking forward to this, and uh, through just this past week, kind of talking with uh, the gentleman that uh, we're going to interview, uh, it's been kind of cool just to, to kind of see some of the questions that, that are going to be asked today, and I'm anxious and looking forward to um, the answers that uh, are going to be shared with us. So if we could, I think you're all familiar with him, Pastor Gary Peterson, I'll invite him up. grab my notes too. Yes. <laughs> it's like we do this all the time, Gary. We do. <laughs> Not really, but we'll, we'll make it seem like we do maybe.
1: So anyway, how are you? Good, You're good. Good. You're good. Thanks. Thanks uh, for having me.
0: So is there any lead off that you want to give us as far as an intro maybe?
1: Well, I think uh, most of you probably remember me. I was here a month or so ago, maybe or longer than that. But Pastor Gary Peterson, and a retired pastor from Word of Life Lutheran Church in Naperville. We live in Wonder Lake now, on the lake, and uh, in, in kind of semi-retirement, as I as I guess I've been preaching around the around the areas, filling in for guys that are on vacation or vacancies. So, but that's uh, that's what we're doing right now.
0: And in retirement, a little bit, you are part. They moved to Wonder Lake, part of the ski team, right?
1: Yes, I am. I uh, do the barefooting.
0: Oh, good.
1: <laughs> no, no in my you have dreams, said, right? such soft feet. Says yeah. your wife.
0: Oh, his feet are great. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> anyway, this is how it's gonna go. <laughs> so if you want to leave now? Yeah, yeah right, Feel right. free. Go. Yeah. So anyway, um, you want to jump right in? Sure. You want me to ask you some questions? Yeah. Let's do that. You guys good with that? Okay. Okay. Uh, what were you doing before God nudged you to go into seminary?
1: Because right. you haven't always been. I have not always been a pastor, no. Uh, uh, my wife and I were, lived in Rockford, Illinois uh, since we were married in 1973, which is right after we graduated from college. We moved to Rockford and, and uh, we lived there. We raised our kids there. We have two kids. Our son uh, had uh, went through school there in Rockford. He had gra- then graduated high school and graduated from Marquette University. And he was uh, working up in uh, Milwaukee area at that particular time our daughter was a sophomore in high school in rockford at that time and we were uh, working there we had worked uh, since we got out of college and uh, i was a contract administrator for sunstrand aerospace Uh, now i think it's i think it's changed names a couple times since i've been gone but but it's still still there probably some of you are familiar with that judy my wife is a school social worker and she uh, worked for the rockford public school so we had been in rockford for 26 years, I think, uh, when, when we left, but we'll get to that a little wow. bit later. So 26 years, okay. Yes.
0: So during that journey, where did you kind of see God leading you to Working through within ministry, like leading you there
1: yeah because because uh, uh, you kind of figure out he put the pencil to the paper I was not, not just out of college i i 'd been out quite a few years and in fact what, what twenty twenty six years well I, I think that um, God was obviously working on me unbeknownst to me uh, to to make a change in my life and Judy and I were always very, very active at uh, our church. We went to St. Matthew Lutheran Church, which was, which was what, uh, on the northwest side of Rockford, uh, and uh, we enjoyed that. We worked on, uh, served on boards and uh, officers of the church and uh, all, all that time since since we, uh, since we joined that church. And um, I was, I, I don't know if I was the chairman of the Board of Elders or something, and our, our pastor, I think this was probably in the mid-90s, um, decided to retire. And uh, we got together with the boards and, and uh, talked with our circuit. Um, and we just, our church had gotten smaller. We just decided that probably we were not gonna be able to call a pastor, a full-time pastor. So, so we started talking with um, St. Paul Lutheran Church, which was downtown in Rockford, uh, on the west side of Rockford started talking to them about the possibility of merging. Uh, So so that happened, we merged, uh, that went through, we merged with them, it was working really well. We uh, had this central site, which was the old St. Paul site downtown, and we had The northwest site a former saint matthew on the northwest side where there were two pastors at saint paul lutheran church so uh, it would work out Uh, the pastor that was preaching uh, gave the sermon at the first service downtown uh, traveled out to the northwest site did that service and came back uh, and did the sermon for the third service and that was going really well everything was fine until our senior pastor, Pastor Scott Snow, decided to take a call, or God called him, into the district office. Uh, left us with one pastor. Well, it was a little difficult uh, to uh, run that uh, program with the two sites. So three of us elders uh, were um, some training, and we became, we, I believe we called them worship leaders. So our job was to uh, after the pastor gave his sermon at the first service we would complete that service while he traveled out to the northwest site ran that service came back just in time to give the uh, sermon again we were always kind of i was always looking out at the sacristy to see is he coming in that door or, or am i going to have to do a song and dance here but um but anyway that worked out well and um i think Unbeknownst to me, again, God was working, uh, working on me uh, for the future. Um, so I was going to ask you.
0: So, with with that in mind, this journey—is there anything else besides what is actually happening right now that you're speaking of, happening in your life that would kind of lead you down that path to say, you know what, this is kind of where I maybe you think I should go?
1: Yes, there, there, there were. Um, we, we, um, like I said. We were working, I enjoyed my job at Sunstrand. I was a contract administrator for military contracts, but I kinda got the feeling that I really wasn't making a difference in people's lives. My projects were were submarine launched missiles and torpedo engines so <laughs> it wasn't wasn't maybe some something that any that we would ever actually use <laughs> but but they were there so so yeah we we kind of thought about that you know uh and and God was still preparing me even at the church work too because uh, in at St Paul uh the pastor had divided up the shut-ins and there was quite a few shut-ins so all the elders had three or four or five shut-ins to visit, so we took communion to them once a month and visited with them uh, in, in their homes, and so that was another thing that helped prepare. And one interesting note is that the three of us elders who uh, were worship leaders, all three of us became pastors. That was a pretty, pretty neat thing.
0: Something in the water.
1: Yeah, yeah, something in the water, but... so.
0: In my notes that I have, <laughs> yes. Um, what areas of your life did you see God work in the decision-making process then? Because I would imagine that's, that's not yeah. just a, yep, I'll do it.
1: Yeah. Well, one other thing. Before, uh, before all this happened, it was 1996, and God put in, uh, Judy's in my minds that we would like to go on a mission trip. So uh, I called down to the mission office in St. Louis and found out that there was a short term mission trip that was forming that was gonna go to Hungary uh, and our job was construction and also uh, this pastor at this church in Hungary had five churches that he was responsible for. So our job was to go out to those churches in the evenings after we had finished our construction work and talk to the people about the fact that uh, lay people were important in their churches to help the pastor. The, the situation there was is that they just looked at the pastor to do all the work. So, so our job was to do that. Now, a really interesting story is we also did... Uh, Bible school. We had a Bible school for the for the kids from those churches, and it was Ju- Judy had uh, my wife had had collected a whole bunch of. Vacation Bible School materials. We had a big box full, they didn't all go together, but we had a big box full of papers to take over there. The first day of Vacation Bible School, we might have had five or six kids show up and we were able to have them in in the house that we were staying in and and they they had a good time. Well, the second day, some more kids came. Well, we couldn't fit them into that uh, house, so we had them out in the yard. The third day, they were coming out of the woodwork. The kids were showing up, they were coming on bicycles, they had a little bus that was coming from between those little villages. We were in a small rural village in in Hungary, and Judy prayed, and she said, God, please provide every one of these kids with some paperwork, some little coloring sheet, some little pamphlet, and God came through. And all those kids, we, took, we had every chair that we could find out out in the yard, but, but God came through, God answered our prayers, and, and obviously he was uh, preparing me then. The man that was the head uh, running that particular mission trip, had a, he was a retired engineer who had gone back, I think, to Mequon uh, to become a, a lay minister. And I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe that might be something I might want to do later on in life, uh, when I maybe the kids were all raised and whatnot. whatnot. So, so that was um, uh, a pretty, pretty uh, important point in our lives, I think, too, and made me think about full-time ministry work. But, but we kind of that kind of stayed on the back burner as you know, you get busy with life. That life happens. So that that happened, but uh, as Steve asked, uh, the decision-making process. We, we, uh, you know, threw this around and we talked about, you know, what we might wanna do and I got to thinking, well, maybe I don't wanna wait and maybe I want to uh, go into full-time ministry uh, now. Um, I was, you know, I don't know, probably 48 years old uh, when this was happening. And and one thing had happened that was pretty instrumental. There was a, Judy had a social work conference, school social work conference in the St. Louis area in the fall. And I told her, I said, well maybe I'll just go along with you and then I'll just go over to the seminary and check it out. Well, I called down to the seminary and found out that that particular weekend, uh, was the fall visit uh, weekend for the seminary? They, they, uh, you know, showed off the seminary, told all this stuff. Well, I don't think that was a coincidence. <laughs> I think perhaps, or I know, God had a lot to do with that. So, yeah, God was was steering me, uh, you know, toward that. Uh, at that at that uh, visit, I learned about the alternate route program. Uh, designed for older guys um, that were over 35 and had done some church, um, had served boards and offices in the church and whatnot. So I fit that bill, so I learned about that. One thing I learned was that during that particular time there was no tuition, the tuition was covered. And that's a big plus. I mean, you know, we we were comfortable, but to quit your job and to you know, have no income, and then to put out money, you know, do we wanna take that out of our retirement funds or whatnot? So, you know, God was, God was working there and, and uh, He was working on both of us, my wife and I and our, and our family. Remember, we also had a daughter, Anna, who was a sophomore in high school at that particular time.
0: Yeah, so leads me to kind of my next thought or question, which, you know, isn't on this paper, so surprise. Uh oh. Um, no, I, I think you guys have been married how long now?
1: Uh, 48. Wow. Congratulations. That's great.
0: Oh, that's great. It's rare. So congratulations on that. So Thank you. So it's not just a one-sided decision here. Judy was probably having some input. Definitely. How, how did that go?
1: Yeah, well, we, um, you know, we, we talked it over and prayed about it, obviously, and, and uh, talked it over with uh, friends and pastor at St. Paul, uh, uh, he was uh, instrumental in that also. Um, and definitely with Anna, our daughter, and we, we, t- we definitely, um, you know, Cause talked over that. Because how old was she at this point? Well, she was a sophomore, so I don't know, 15, 16, probably. 16, I think, she was driving, so yeah, so yeah. It was a, a big decision to make, and you know, we were, uh, we were happy in our, in our life in in rockford we were happy with uh, with our jobs we were happy happy with what was going on we had built a new house uh we thought we were going to stay in that house you know that was our plan but sometimes or most of the time god has a different plan for us right that's so true yeah so you've made the decision now yeah in
0: in, in this story or the your, your your life and so preparations now start yes so how's that going
1: yeah well, obviously it was it was a big decision, and and I was on the fence uh, about this, and you know tossing it around and pluses and minuses, and finally Judy says, "Are we going or not?" And I said, "Yeah, we're going." I, she doesn't strike me as an impatient person. <laughs> Well, I'll get to another one of those impatient <laughs> story minute. But yeah, we can get you a mic too so you can defend <laughs> right. yourself. Well, it is a two two-way street as, as as any pastor any pastor will tell you, you know, it's it's the whole the whole family. But um Yeah, so that got the ball rolling when said, "Yeah, we're going to go." And I don't remember what time of the year. I suppose this was springtime already, Uh, and uh, it was a big decision. We talked it over with Anna, our daughter. Uh, Our son was already, you know, out of the picture basically. But Anna said, "Yeah, let's go." She was, she was uh, in uh, for an adventure. Even that—that's hard. You know, I don't know for you guys out there that have teenagers, it's, not, it's that, not easy. Was that surprising to you? Like, how did you think that she was gonna to react to this? Well, we, we didn't know, we were, we were uh, she was um, my gray hair. <laughs> She's probably listening now, so I have to be careful. But, but yeah, she, but she was, game. I think that mission trip that we went on made a big difference, because she went with us on that, uh, made a big difference in her life also. Um, but but my wife uh, is a good. She likes to make lists, and she has makes it makes her more comfortable. So she started making lists at that time after we decided. And by the way, Judy, thanks for the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You know what was at the top of the list? <laughs> prayer. Oh, yeah. yeah, for this conversation? Yes. Yes, right. And, and I I'm, I'm definitely praying for this, yes. Uh but praying, you know, praying was was first of all then I had to apply to the seminary. Um I, you know, I'm 48 years old. I had hadn't been in school for a while. I did do my masters uh in, in later on, but but that's you know, going to be different, you know. So I applied for the alternate route program. Alternate route pro- program is a two-year, full two years of seminary work. And then you are uh, placed in your uh, vicarage or your internship, and you do that for one year. But the alternate regular route program, then you, after that, you go back to the seminary for your fourth year. Well, us old guys, they figure they really probably can't teach us anything more. <laughs> so they send us out after our, after our uh, vicarage internship, then we're eligible to be ordained and called. So you go out to, to your church as, as a, uh, a convertible vicar, they call it. Well, we learned unbeknownst to us, even before we made our decision, uh, known that we, uh, people were praying for us, and we didn't know that. That was a pretty amazing thing, that, that they, they were praying for us and not knowing what we were even planning on doing. Of course, we had to find a place to live. And when you go to this seminary, as a married student, you're your wife, and or if you have kids, everybody has to go. It's not a a question about somebody staying back. No, you you all have to be there. So we obviously had to find a place to live in St. Louis, check out schools for Anna to finish school, uh, begin the job of sorting through stuff, what we were gonna get rid of, what we were going to uh, store, and what we were gonna take with us. Um, We went uh, down to uh, the seminary, to visit, and we found out that they have had married student housing. Uh, Concordia Seminary, if any of you have ever been there, is located in Clayton, Missouri, which is the first suburb west of of St. Louis, right by Forest Park, and it's a very affluent suburb. So it's very expensive to live there. Their schools are excellent; they're like fourth or fifth in the state. Uh, but we wouldn't, if we wouldn't have been able to live on campus, we would not have been able to live in Clayton. So God was good. We applied for housing. He got us. He gave us housing on campus. Uh, and, and I remember t- telling that at work, and everybody said, "What? You're, you're, you know, you're going to live on campus?" <laughs> I, I just have a picture of like Rodney
0: Dangerfield. You know, like back to school. Yeah. Hopefully that wasn't
1: how you well, acted. But sometimes. <laughs> okay. no, maybe not quite. But did, but, uh, did you get but respect? Yeah. At the, at the seminary? <laughs> no, well. That's, a, no, that's the next question. Rodney didn't. So anyway. <laughs> we, did, we didn't either. Um, but God blessed us with that, uh, with that uh, apartment. Uh, school got out that, that uh, spring. Judy got busy. Uh, I don't remember how many truckloads, pickup truckloads of stuff I took to the, to the Goodwill and to auctions and to sales and, and uh, what tossed out. Uh, we listed our house, of course. We had to sell our house. 1999. Things weren't moving real fast in Rockford at that time. It, our house didn't sell according to our plan, <laughs> but God was good, and and uh, and it sold in, in time. We we quit our jobs, which wasn't easy to do after that many years working uh, working there. Um, and Judy was blessed with a job in Collinsville on the east side uh, as a school social worker, so she was going to be able to work, and. Uh, things were moving along we got ready yeah
0: so then moving day comes first of all how like a lot of us don't ever realize like barbie and i when we moved here you know we had our basement flooded two years in a row and it wasn't from outside water coming in it was from backing up so you can imagine what that looked like which it forced us to purge did it feel good for you to just let things go and was there a little bit of freedom in that
1: Well, I think it was, you know, it was just a big necessity, and so the stuff, you know, the stuff that we wanted to keep, we we did put in storage, and uh, our Judy's uh, folks had a couple barns behind their house, so we were able to store stuff there, and uh, because we knew that, yeah, we weren't going to be living in this little apartment forever, we were going to go back into a house, so so we were able to keep, but yeah, a lot of stuff, we had just... Say bye-bye, it's Bye. just stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, and less to move. So, yep. on moving, how did moving day go? All right, the devil showed up on moving day. <laughs> it was a beautiful day. God's, you know, the sun was shining down, and I went to pick up our truck at, at the U-Haul. I, we had reserved a 24-foot truck, and I don't know if any of you ever reserved trucks at U-Haul, but that doesn't guarantee that your truck is going to be there. So there was no 24-foot truck, and I came back to the house with a smaller truck, I don't remember what the size was, and our pastor had gotten a crew of people there, guys to help us move, and he said, that's not gonna work. So God, you know, defeated the devil, and my son Eric went and picked up a Penske smaller truck, so we, we moved down to some of St. Louis with two trucks, uh, not, not one truck, but, but uh, God, you know, God's plan came through, and thanks be to God, Everything got put in that truck thanks to family, uh, thanks to friends and everybody that was praying for us. Everything was either stored, sold, or moved. My go-to verse was Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I don't know if any of you remember that one. I think Dave, Pastor Dave has talked about that one too sometimes. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, and that verse carried us through the preparation time, carried us through uh, getting down there, uh, you know, again, which is the, is the next thing is to talk about, but getting there. Yeah,
0: so, you, so you're getting there, you're there. Now it's about adjusting, right? So like you've come from this house, you've come from a, a profession that you're yep. no longer a part of now. And so you're getting there, you're, how, how was that adjusting to this new adventure life?
1: It was a i mean God is good it was It was amazing that we got through that and we didn 't you know kill each other <laughs> in the process, but we got there with our two trucks in the seminary uh has uh, the guys uh, have a group of people? The Kingdom Movers we're called all the students. We do this because people are coming and going at the seminary all the time, so we're always busy loading, unloading a house, or loading it up, or whatever. So they show up. That those trucks were unloaded in record time, all in that small apartment, furniture boxes all over the place. You know what a mess. But. Thanks be to God, my my sister and brother-in-law were there with us, my niece and my son, and by the time they left, that was, I think we got down there Saturday morning. By Sunday afternoon, they had us pretty well organized, and the next day, Judy went to work at Collinsville. I had a couple weeks before classes started, and I'm not really one to sit around, so, I got a job on the grounds crew <laughs> at the seminary part-time job and i did that and i later i worked at the library during my time down there uh, but but yeah we we, we settled in uh, anna uh, got uh, uh, tried out for the cheerleading squad at clayton high school and she was uh, got on the team um, classes started i think right around labor day the first class that Students take at the seminary is Greek, um, and you know it, that old saying. It's Greek to me. It was. It was not easy. It was not easy, and you had to pass that class. You took that class first, and if you didn't pass it, you could try again. But if you didn't pass it, it's bye bye. You're but, going home. But everything's
0: on hold until you pass that. Yes. Oh
1: wow. Yep. Yeah, so. You no, normally you can't take only take that class. Did you pass? God willing, I, or God's <laughs> blessing, blessed me, I did. I got through it. I, I studied hard. Judy will attest to that. I had made little flashcards, and I was at the football games. Anna's cheering, you know, and I'm at the football games, and I'm going through my Greek flashcards. But God got me through Judy it. Judy was quizzing you? She was quizzing me, Good? yes. Good? Yes. She was. Because she said, if you don't pass that class, you're not going home uh, alive. LAUGHTER that is some pressure, though. It is. It, it really it is. is like, pressure.
0: I mean, it's funny, but at the same time, it's yes. not because, no. you know, I mean, and my, you, you moved everything down. Judy's yep. probably like, what are we doing here? And your daughter's, you know, now acclimating to a new situation and
1: yep. overwhelming, probably. It, it was yeah. a bit overwhelming, but, but like I say, we got, we got through it. Um,
0: so with that then, so you, you, you're down there, you're all in you're learning Greek now, Judy's got her job. <laughs> daughters at school, but you don't have a job. No. Nope. And so, I don't know what Judy was making, but probably not enough, I don't know, but where, so where do you, a lot, where, do you a get support, lot how, do you, how do you get support for this?
1: Okay, well, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, there, there was no tuition at this particular time, so that was a godsend, obviously. Uh, we, we lived on campus, the rent was, was very reasonable, um, and uh, and they and they had uh uh there was a food bank there that that uh getting ahead of myself but was a very humbling experience in the past uh we had helped out at food banks but we were never on the receiving end of a food bank so that first day going in there was very humbling uh but it helped us out immensely and and uh uh, the, the, the different things. The other thing um, that 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 helped us out so much was um, a, the adopt a student program. That's something that I want to give a plug for because anybody can uh, adopt a student at the seminary. It's uh, just five hundred dollars a year and you adopt a student they'll give you that student's name you'll hear from that student they'll you know how things are going in their lives and, and 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 how their classes are going but it is interesting but but that adopt a student program helps uh, prepare uh, young men and, and old guys like me uh, for the ministry. At this point in time, there again is no tuition at the seminary. So uh, if you have the ability or the, or the means to help support, uh, that is definite. One of the other things that happened um, periodically, we would get down sometimes, you know, and uh, all of a sudden a check would show up in the mail. And it would come from some lady's aide or some ladies' guild at some little rural church around Missouri or Illinois or wherever, and it would just lift our spirits. It would, it would uh, you know, bring us back up and show us, hey, there's other people out there and they're caring for us. There was also a counseling center on campus, and believe me, we did take advantage of that. I had a teenage daughter, and um, she was away from friends for a while, it was a little rough uh but but uh, we did take advantage of that counseling center um friends um we were all in the same boat you know uh put yourself back going to college you know when you went to college and you came in there you're all in the same boat you're away from home you're away from friends you're away from family Uh, so we made friends very quickly and those friends were, were 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 wonderful there were some of us guys that were. Uh, in the same age bracket. Some guys were even older than I was. We were old enough to be dads of some of the regular route seminarians. Just like your pastor, Dave, uh, he was there. Uh, his, his fourth year was my first year, and uh, I think he's about my son's age. So yeah, we were there, and, and I don't know you know, if they, if I think the guys kind of maybe looked up to us a yeah. little bit. Did you ever have to discipline him? <laughs> no. <laughs> We need that story <laughs> no no but but uh, but it, it was you know you you described it just well, you know we we especially us older guys, we had been in pretty responsible job positions, and we we kind of knew thought we knew what we were doing, but down there, we were just students again, and that was a very humbling experience too um. Uh, to uh, to to be a student again, and and especially me, I the seminary was the first parochial school I had ever attended. I was always brought up in the public schools, so I'm in classes with these guys that have gone up, you know, all the way through in Lutheran schools, and they knew the Bible inside and out. And I'm looking in the in the index to find out where these books are. I felt like a you know like a uh, I was in the wrong place, uh, but but. Uh,
0: Yeah, I would imagine some doubt, some fear, some what did we just do? You know, how often did you guys struggle with that?
1: Definitely, especially, you know, with the classes and and Judy had the wives were supported also. They had um, they had training classes for wives because guess what? When you call your pastor, they come generally come with a wife and maybe a family, but Pastors are called to be pastors. Pastors' wives are not called, but they're still a very integral part of the ministry. And just like you guys are blessed with Tina, Dave is blessed with Tina. I think behind every pastor, a good pastor, there is a good pastor's wife. So they had their training too, which was I think very, very important. And, and uh, I think, you know, those two years, we talk now with a couple other guys from the the, from that were buddies of mine down there and we talk how did we do that you know how did we get through that but it was god that got us through that how did we how did we study for those tests and write those papers and and whatnot
0: so was this was this the first and only call or had you teased this a little bit or did you think god was maybe you know, looking back, was there ever a time where you thought maybe God was calling you in the past, and you just kind of maybe ignored it or didn't pay much attention to it or didn't see it?
1: I don't think I saw that. No, if he was, I was blind. <laughs> that, I'm happy. right? <laughs> I don't think so. Now, many of the guys, you know, said they, that was something that they always had to, wanted to do. Uh, I don't think I could say that. Um, I was, you know... Happy just being the support at the churches and, and whatnot, but uh, but but you know God God moves in mysterious ways and and certainly uh, uh, calls you and as I some of you were in the Bible study this morning and you know but He calls but He also equips.
0: Um, you know I, I'm out of notes, so All if, right. there, if there's anything that you want to expand on yes yeah. um i guess I, I just want to say thank you for being with us, being here with us today because it's it's really a, a cool story about listening to god's call at any at any time right so it's not just well here's my career what should i do but you actually left something gave something up for that moved your whole family down which to me is in, in an inspiration yep. in itself because you never stop listening right you, i mean god always has a plan no matter what stage of life you're in and that's very important for us all to, to be remembering as we go through life, right? right. So with that being said, and I, I'll go ahead and invite the band up here because we've are gonna we're gonna, we've chosen a song called I Will Follow, which, you know, throughout this whole God's Stories series, I've tried to choose a song that would kind of resonate a little bit with, with the message. And so I Will Follow, I thought, well, you know what? That's really cool between your family and this. But application-wise, tell us... How, why is this important in our lives? what What should we be doing to really apply this message to our lives?
1: Well, I think to listen, like Steve just said, you know did, did I feel like God had called you in the past? You know I, maybe I wasn't listening, but but I think to listen uh, to God's still small voice and to see where He's leading, and I think um, and one of the big things um, is that, you know, God might be calling you. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job and go to the seminary. It doesn't mean you got to change, you know, your whole outlook, but he's calling you to do lots of different things as many of you do here at Fellowship of Faith. I mean, there's, there's many areas where you can serve, right? And, and he, so he's calling you. But I think one of the big things is that he calls, again, and I'm gonna stress that, but he doesn't leave you hanging. He equips you. I think I think I did have one slide, I think, on the, yeah, God calls the most unlikely people. Think about that. God calls the most unlikely people to serve him. Um, Isaiah verse six, I'm sorry, chapter six, verse eight, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? He's maybe he's calling you. And and you, and you can't say, you know, uh, we, we talked about that this morning, you know. Uh, Jeremiah says, you know, I'm I'm just a, a child. I, I I can't speak, you know, but God says, Go. You know, he said that to Isaiah, go. He said it to Steve. Go, you know, you were pretty happy out there in Lincoln, Nebraska, Move, right? I heard a loud voice. Move to Illinois. Yeah, you'll love it there. Who's in my bedroom? <laughs> right, but but God calls, and he and he's he's looking for an answer. So, um, whatever that whatever that call might be, uh, don't just uh, don't just ignore it. Um, because it is most unlikely people. I talked talk about that at the end of, of the Bible study. Think about, go and look at Amos. Uh, uh, and when you get home, look at the, the minor prophet Amos and his, and his call uh, to be a prophet. Um, and yeah, the most unlikely people. Look at the New Testament. Who did he, Jesus call to, um, to follow him? We're just going to sing that song now, yeah. follow me. So,
0: yeah. Well, let's, shall we
1: sing? Shall you, we sing? Do you want to sing it? Uh, no, I'm going to go down and oh, sit Oh, you're going to go down.
0: <laughs> yeah. Such a cool story. And uh, Gary, Judy, thank you for for being you. <laughs> uh, because I don't imagine, uh, well, I a lot of your story reminds me of, like, Barbie and I, you know, where um, just that that struggle sometimes of, of is this where God's really calling us? Are we crazy for doing this? Are we, is this our own motivation, you know, praying for that discernment and, and really where you think God is calling you to be? So thanks for listening to him because if you weren't, I'd be talking to nobody right now. So
1: Yes. And, and, and we wouldn't have a sermon today. So that's good. There was, there was one other thing because I had that on my notes, but I, I missed that one. I, but thanks be to my wife that, that was behind me all the way, and like I said before, yeah. She, she gave me the encouragement, uh, the, the boost, especially when, when I needed it most, she was there. You can, you can do this, you know? Uh, and so every, every pastor needs a good wife.